This is Unleashing Leadership, and I'm your host, Travis Moss, and welcome to episode number 30. It's our kickoff to the Ideal Team Player by Patrick Lencioni, and we've got intentional culture to talk about today. Think about the term culture. I mean, this we could probably retitle this episode just to buzzwords. Think about the term culture. What does it actually mean? What is good culture? Is your good culture the same as my good culture? If you had good culture, would you know? If you had bad culture, would you know? How many times are people in bad situations with companies and they're, they just blame it on the industry? Or they blame it on a person at work or something like that. How do you know what's culture? Everyone says it, but it means something different to everyone. Company's culture is like, let's say, an individual's character. A company can have character too, right? Individuals have character. Our character is shaped by our life, all the people in it, the experiences we've had, good and bad, the mentors, the coaches, all that kind of stuff. It's like being a child growing up, right? People for, we're, we're formed by our experiences and the people in our lives. So it could be on purpose through good parenting. It could be by accidents through just kind of circumstances. A lot of people say that their company culture or their company, let's say, character, is driven by their values. What the hell does that mean? A company says they value teamwork. What does teamwork even mean? I've been on teams that are absolutely horrible. Every single team says that they value teamwork. I've never seen a company say they don't value teamwork. But what does it mean? What does teamwork actually mean to a company? We had an internal meeting, a leadership meeting. And a leadership meeting is where I get all our shareholders together. And we talk about strategic planning. And I asked them to read the book, Build. Build is a phenomenal book, at least to me. I haven't done it for this show yet because to me it's a very heavy book. Because it's a story about where we've been, where we are, and probably where we're going. And there's just so much in that book, but I asked the leadership team to read it because I think it puts into context a lot of the things people are feeling or going through and experiences that we're having. And it proves that we're not alone. We're not crazy. Well, we might be crazy, but we're crazy good. And I asked them for takeaways. And I try not to disagree with takeaways on books because that's not the goal of this, this show. This show, the whole goal of this and book reports in general is to take ideas and try to take somebody else's best ideas and, and blend them into what you're doing to make make them better, but make them work for you. So if you don't like an idea, you just skip it, right? You just like, why bother spending time on this? But it was brought up. And I don't even remember the reference in the book to this. So I don't know the context. So I don't know if this has been taken out of context or not. But it was brought up that we should plaster our values all over our walls and our offices. So everywhere you go, you see what our values are. This is one of the few things that I really, I disagree with and that I have to voice. And I think it fits right in with everything that we're talking about. Values are lip service. These are the things that we say to make ourselves feel, feel good. Somebody says they value hard work. What is hard work? You think you're working hard? Do I think you're working hard? I've never, again, back to this, I've never had somebody say, I don't value hard work. I've never heard it. I don't value honesty. Really? These things that we put up on the wall, they're cliches. 
You value your family. Here's an interesting story about valuing your family. When I was 21, I the, really the only time I remember ever going to a bar with my dad, who has since passed away, we're at the bar, and we're in Pennsylvania, so you could smoke at the bar at the time. And he's smoking a cigarette, and he's drinking a Bud, Budweiser. I remember this vividly. Um, I remember the label on the Budweiser bottle, because I remember looking down at it while he was talking. He had polycystic kidneys. His kidneys were essentially functioning like you know, a very, very low percentage, and you had to start getting dialysis. And on dialysis, you have a shelf life. Your body can only take so much. So you're supposed to, you know, there's only so long you can be on dialysis. And I asked him, I said, why don't you get on the kidney list? I have three siblings, and there's grandkids on the way, there's weddings ahead, and, you know, there's all kinds of good things ahead. Why don't you get on the kidney list? And he looks down at his cigarette in one hand and his beer in the other, and he goes, because these are the things I really enjoy in life. Now, all my dad ever talked about growing up was how your family was so important and you had to sacrifice for your family. And all the things that he did for his family. How important was family that we couldn't give up smoking and drinking to see life's events happen? The miracles of life, right? So you value your family. How much do you value your family? What does that even mean? You value your health. Do you have cheat days? You look at all the ingredients in your food. Do you study about your health? You know, about, about nutrition? Do you exercise? Do you skip the cigars on the golf course? You know, skip the extra drinks on the at the party? Like what do you actually do for your health if that's what you value? And to what degree? So values are vague. They're do as I say, not as I do. They're cop-outs for action. I can do a little bit and say that I'm still in line with a value. Repetitive actions are virtues. Ben Horowitz writes a lot about this in his writings, and he's in our reading list. Virtues are your actions. That's actually what you do. <coughs> Excuse me. The virtues define who we are. That starts to build our character. Virtues are what creates culture. We do things every day over and over again. That's who we are. We are what we do. I love it when somebody says, well, you know, I hate the fact that you saw that because that's not really who I am. No, you are who you are. You are what you do. You want to be somebody different? You start doing things different. If somebody was watching me every single year, making a note of every single thing I've ever done during that year, the virtues are the patterns. They're the things that I keep doing. They're the way that I lean when I, you know, the when I make decisions. They're the things I do every single day. It's the consistency and how I react to the things. Those are my virtues. That is who I am. It's not some idealistic word salad of who I want to believe that I am. There's no, this is my truth here. It is literally action, real action. The book is all about this whole humble, hungry, and smart framework. And the authors are saying, this is our preference. These are our values. This is how, this is what we're going to put on our wall. And they were shocked because their clients, because the, the book is actually written by the consultants, the clients start to use 
their three values, hungry, humble, humble, and smart. And they start to put that on their wall. And they says, well, no, 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 clients, you can't do that. You have to come up with your own shit. That's our shit, right? You need your own values. You need your own three words or however many words on the wall. And they were shocked. And that's because they got their vernacular wrong. Hungry, humble, and smart are not values. They are not interchangeable. You cannot argue about how humble somebody needs to be. You can argue about what hard work is, but you can't argue about how humble somebody needs to be. You can't argue about how hungry somebody needs to be, but you can argue about what makes good teamwork. The virtues that they identified, if we change the vernacular, if we say these are actually virtues, these are who the people are that we want on our team, I can't find an argument for that at all. I can't find anything better than that at all. I Yes, I can define activities. I can say, okay, I'm going to have these people and then we're going to work on better teaming. But I need the right virtues in the first place. And that's really what the book's getting to. They're saying, you know, you want to build a team with certain virtues, certain innate qualities or characteristics that are just a part of their being. Somehow along the way, through circumstance or purpose, it got drilled into them. So you think of all the other buzzwords. Follow your dreams, help people, grow personally and professionally, take action. Those are all about the end results. It's the end result of a person's makeup and how they approach the world. Don't talk about the end results. Talk about and fortify what leads to the end results, the leading indicators, not the lagging. When someone has strong character, when you put a bunch of those people together, the organization is going to have strong culture. And the humble, hungry, smart framework, I want an organization filled with people with that type of character because I don't have to worry about culture.